Hey there, everyone. From beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado, halfway between Cheyenne and Denver, and 5,003 feet above sea level, I'm Jeff Haber, and you're listening to No Bed of Roses. No Bed of Roses is brought to you by Conexus. Maybe your company is creating video content or you're a brand looking for that coveted direct connection with viewers. Maybe you're an established YouTube creator or you're just starting out. Conexus Interactive Web Video Solutions enables viewers while watching your videos to simply tap on the items they're interested in, directly connecting them to the merchant's shopping cart to easily purchase those items. This all happens without ever leaving the video experience and without ever leaving the site where they started watching the video in the first place. Connexus shoppable video content works using any browser on any device. No download, no plugin, nothing to install. Interactive video like you've always wanted it. Find out more at connexus.com. That's K-E-N-X-U-S dot com. Okay, so today I have a very special person sitting across from me with an insanely silly smile on her face. My amazing, beautiful, talented... Okay, we can end the show right here. No? Daughter... Kaylee Sienna Haber, the other half of the set of twins of Dylan Casey Haber. So Kaylee, welcome to No Bed of Roses. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Thank you. That happens. That happens to people, or I think it will happen. Okay, good. We have a a rainy kind of overcast Sunday happening while the fires are burning. And it's been a pretty challenging time. The smoke was really bad here in, in Colorado yesterday. Sort of a, a slow Sunday, but it seems, does it seem to you like one day is, is bleeding into the next? What do you think? Is it, I mean, does it just seem like same thing again and again and again? I think it helps that I have Dylan because we do a lot of fun stuff together and it's nice to have him around. Yeah. Okay, so now that's been recorded, so he can use that at any time, right? He's going to be, hey, remember? Remember you said this? It's good to have me around. And he's just going to say, burn that. Burn those tapes, right? I don't want any evidence. So you're both, you're both artists. You're both very talented in a number of different ways. You can stack things on your head. That's an amazing talent. No. I, I can't know. do you that. Can, <laughs> you can stack things on your head? No. What's the, what's the software that you're using to draw? Uh, I'm using Procreate on my iPad. Right. And you, so your work, Kaylee, and we're, here we are, we're doing this podcast, so people can't really see this unless they go to your Instagram account, which is called Fred and Fluffina, Fred and Fluffina, where both your work and Dylan's work is posted, right? Yeah. You have done such beautiful pieces all on paper up until recently. I like both of them, but I think even though Procreate's great because there are so many different tools that like are just in that Apple Pencil, like you could be using a paintbrush and you're using the Apple Pencil, but it shows up as paintbrush on the 
paper and procreate. It's just so cool to have so many different tools in that one pen. I also really like having just paper because using watercolor paper and wood and different things to paint on or draw on is really nice and those are also also like physical things you can hold because with Procreate it's digital and you can print it out on printer paper but you don't really get you can't see the process in the artwork how you would with an actual physical painting so you can't see you can't see the process so as you're and I've I've watched you draw and you'll bring things as you're progressing through that piece what do you think what do you think is there's something really satisfying for you when you're when you're drawing on paper let's say and and just seeing how the paint or the ink or the, the pencil is absorbed by the paper or it's, it's not really satisfying it's just I like being able to have artwork where you can see mistakes and know that the artist messed up but uh. they still made something out of it and I like how you can see textures and different shades and well you can see different shades on digital but you can actually see the textures and you can feel it and it's actually there but with the digital it you can't feel it it's just a screen so what did what did bob ross teach us there are no mistakes just happy happy accidents accidents. yeah do you do you believe that yeah i use that as my fifth grade quote when i graduated really yeah yeah that's cool I think we have we have Bob right here. I don't know if everybody's going to be able to hear this. Let's see. This is this was a gift from you guys. Let's see. This is the Bob Ross bobblehead. Let's see if we can hear him. And we didn't cue that up. That was just Bob. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. That's the magic of Bob. Big fans of Bob Ross here, and we're not paid to say that, are we? No. You weren't paid, were you? No. Is anyone getting paid here? We have a lot of Bob Ross. A lot of Bob Ross. We have mints, a bobblehead. You have socks. Dylan ate all my mints. My tin of mints of Bob Ross. Gone. Vacuumed. Hoovered. Gone. (laughs) You just, it's just. I uh, had one of them. Yeah. I got, I said, you're eating all my mints. There were three left. He jammed them in my mouth. He's not invited (laughs) back, by the way. He's not coming back. Okay. So uh, it's not an either or though, when you're working, when you compare using Procreate on the iPad, and we got the, and now I can't remember. The what, Paperlike? Paperlike. Yeah. So the Paperlike went on. It was not the easiest application. I forgot to pull the plastic screen off. <laughs> oh, you didn't share that with me. Uh, I see. I okay. put it on. And when... um. When I had the bubbles in it, I was trying to get the bubbles out and I thought, oh my goodness, this is so hard and it's getting this all scratched up. And then right as I got like the last bubble out, the screen peeled off and I thought, wait, that's the plastic screen. And I thought that's why it didn't feel like drawing on paper. I was drawing on a plastic protective screen. So, okay. So, but there's still, so you've peeled that off since, right? Okay. So that's off, but there's still... There's still some bubbles. Still some bubbles. It's really hard to get the bubbles out. And I think I saw that on one of the tutorials before we got it. When we first put it on, you weren't super thrilled with it. I had I had watched a bunch of YouTube videos on it, reviews, where artists were saying that it it really did give a great feel. I think there were some that just said, "Mm, uh, you know, not so much. It's a good protector. It's okay. I I like it because it kind of gives more of a grip, you know? Like it, um, a little more bite to yeah, the pencil. Because if you're just drawing on the screen, it's really smooth and yeah. it, it's glass. Yeah. So you don't really have any grip to the screen. So with the paper like screen, it's really good because then I get more of a grip. But I don't think it doesn't really feel like paper to me, but it's still good for getting that. Does it feel like it's limitless what you can do with that as opposed to the feeling you have when you're 
when you're working on a piece of paper. There, the, uh, I was reading the, uh, the, or we watched the video this morning. I was reading the obituary on Ben Ben Gat, right? Uh, the the guy who did the really cool fonts in the <laughs> New York Times today, and he was saying, "There's, I think, the most beautiful thing is is a blank piece of paper." With Procreate, you're just, for me, you can use Procreate on all different types of technology, but I'm using it on my iPad. Right. So you just have the size of the screen of your iPad to draw on. It's it's not like with paper where you get so many different wide varieties of sizes or canvases. You can get the biggest canvases and you just have so much room to work on Procreate. You can zoom in and out of it, but it's just on that iPad screen. Sure. It's not like this gigantic piece that you can move all over it and you know so does that feel claustrophobic or confining at sometimes or um it's it's a little bit harder for me to visualize what I really want to put there because it's just that one size and I'm not exactly sure how to explain it it's not like standing in front of a big canvas and just looking at it and you're like yeah I know what I'm gonna do with this but with procreate you just have that one small screen and you're drawing on that and it it just feels a little bit constricted to yeah. the size you could do. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, when you stand in front of something big, you're like, oh, I could do something big with this. Or you could make it like, you can make it look really tiny, but have so much on it. But with the, just the iPad screen, it's, I kind of feel like I have to make it fit inside the screen. So a bit confining. So let me ask you something about the process, Kaylee. So you said, oh, when you look at a piece of paper, you oh, I know what I'm going to do with that. So some artists feel that the blank canvas is just full of opportunity. Some artists and writers feel like the blank page is just, oh my God, it's just so overwhelming that you don't know where to start. You don't know what to do. Do you look at something and know, or does it evolve? Is there, is there just something, do you, do you wake up and go, I got to get this out of my head. I got to do this or what's, and, and is it always different? In in some cases, you in some cases you can have an idea and you're like, you know, right away exactly what you're going to do and you go sit down and you do it. And then you're done and you're like, wow, that's exactly what I was going to do. Right. But then in some cases you can sit down and you're like, hmm, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do with this. So you just kind of just start doing random things and then you start getting more ideas and it what you originally started with evolves into something bigger and bigger until you're like, wow, this, this turned into something. So again, there are no, no mistakes, just happy accidents. And so something may, you may start at A and you may wind up back at A or you may progress to Z. And I'm just thinking as I'm talking to you, um, I want to share that you have dyslexia and dyscalculia. And so I'm thinking about A and Z and the timeline, and you don't necessarily think in a linear format with your dyslexia, right? I don't plan out anything. I just do it. It just happens. It just happens. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's the best way to be creative. You just, just let you don't it, do anything. You just you just let it go. Yeah, just happens. Now there is a theme with a lot of your work. As a white girl, you have drawn, painted, sketched women of color since you since you're a baby. Really, since you're super young, right? So mm-hmm. I think. Have you ever thought about what that inspiration is or what that drive is? Is there is there anything to it, or is it again just you're being a channel? This is what's flowing through you. This is what's happening. Do I, you have any idea? I really just like drawing. I really like being inclusive and doing women with different cultures and ethnicities and backgrounds. And I just, I really like all of that. That's a deliberate thing. That's a choice that you make. You say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to draw this woman. She's going to have this really cool Afro. She's, she's going to, she's, she's going to have these kinds of features. She's going to have this skin tone. That's a deliberate thing. Or is it, 
in your process, you just start and this is where it flows and goes. Yeah. It, I just start it and then whatever happens happens uh-huh. and then that's what it becomes. Yeah. But I just, I really like being inclusive with my work and I like adding all different types of uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking as, as you're talking, it's interesting because you've done a lot of those women. Some of those pieces have moved me to tears. They're so beautiful. The piece that you were honored with uh, by having it hung in the uh, superintendent's office, right? In her lobby yeah. was a landscape. I began with doing just portraits um, and just drawing girls. But then I thought it would be cool to try some landscapes. And I really like doing landscapes. I'm still working on it, but I followed some of Bob Ross's tutorials and I love all of the mountain ones I've done. I think they look so pretty. Very cool. I I really um, have gotten into abstract stuff. I really like that's like um, what got hung in the superintendent's office was more of an abstract abstract piece of so what is so so what what does abstract mean to you or what does it mean to us for abstract is just outside of the box and just bright colors and different shapes and I feel like it's kind of just the imagination flowing and whatever you put down onto the paper you may set out to paint something and I may see that something or I may see something else in that image yeah I when I do my works, I really like letting the viewer um, come up with what they think the work means or what they think it looks like. Going back to what we're talking about, digital and paper, as an artist, do you have a preference? If I'm somebody who's going to experience your art, do you have a preference on how I experience that? Would, I, would you prefer it be digital? Would you prefer it be on paper? Probably paper or, you know, something like that that's actually physical because... I feel like then you can really, you know, you see like the mess ups that the artist maybe made or just the textures. And I think that from that, you can, you can really understand more of what the artist was doing or through that process. Hmm. I don't know if any of that just made sense with sure. whatever I said. Yeah, yeah it, all, <laughs> it, it, all, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And I'm thinking again that the, the way most of us are going to experience stuff is digitally where we, we don't get a chance to really stand in front of it. We don't, get a, we don't really get a chance to observe a brush stroke or a pen or pencil stroke or something like that. I think I really prefer if you were going to an art museum to experience art, I would rather have it be physical because with one brush stroke, there's a lot of emotion or feeling in that stroke. It just the way the artist has painted or drawn something, you can really understand it. Yeah. And is there, is it, do you have a preference on, is it, is it paint? Is it pen? Is it pencil? Is there a preference? I don't really care. I like using everything. Just, you, you'll, you'll just do it. I, I know. Cause I think, I yeah, think it's fun to use everything. That's cool. So speaking of using everything and again, Mr. Benkat, the guy who just passed, who's responsible for tuning up the New York times logo and is an amazing typographer. And we see his fonts all the time and they're extraordinary. Uh, was a musician first. That's how he started. And I think in the video that we were watching, he said, you know, uh, there are some people who just seem to be tone deaf. They just can't hear the music. And he said, I wonder if people, what did he say? They're eye deaf, they're sight deaf. They, yeah. in the sense that they, they just can't see it. Mm-hmm. They don't see the beauty of a figure or they don't see that. So you're a musician. Also, you were singing to my playing since you were 
very, very little and would come up with these insane melodies uh, just naturally. Do you feel any kind of connection between your uh, musicality and your love for music and your drawing, your painting, or do you ever think about, I mean, you're singing constantly. So I don't know if that informs you as you're working, if there's just music, if you feel that that is flowing through you or is there anything to that or um, am I, am I <laughs> walking up the wrong tree? <laughs> what I, am I doing? I really like to sing. And I think some of my, some of my music might kind of bleed into my art because mm. I'm I'm inspired like I like listening to music to maybe get some inspiration of what I might draw like or reading a book I love reading and I've drawn a lot of pieces just from visualizing what I think is happening in the book. And I, I, I got to stop here because as a dyslexic do you, did you ever think you would say I love reading? Yeah. You did? Always? I've always loved reading. <laughs> I mean at first it was a really big struggle and it, it, was. it was I I couldn't read chapter books. I was like in the third or fourth grade and I couldn't read a chapter book in it. It was really, it really, I don't, it was really hard for me because all the other kids were reading chapter books and I was still on like a lower reading level, but then I was, I was working really hard on it. And then I just got really good at reading and now I'm above grade level for reading. So, and, and let's talk about that for a second, because if, if we're lucky enough to have other people, other kids, other adults, anyone who stumbles into this podcast, who has what we say is the superpower of dyslexia or dyscalculia, dysgraphia, whatever, what could you, or what would you share about that? challenge and it was definitely a challenge. It remains a challenge, mm -hmm. right? But it was definitely a challenge when you were little. Uh, you worked your butt off from when you were in kindergarten going to Linda Mood Bell. There's a shout out to Linda Mood Bell, an extraordinary program. And um, and you love reading, which is, I would say it's a miracle, but it's not a miracle because we all saw how hard you worked. You worked so hard to get to this place where you have joy through reading. But what could you share, Kels, if anything, with other just other people dealing with uh, those challenges or those gifts who are artists or not artists. And, and would you share anything about that journey that you were on and are on? Well, it was really, really hard for me. And I, I did work really hard and it all, it paid off, especially with reading, but I still really struggle with math. And I think I probably will for the rest of my life. Right. If I could do math, like I can memorize a song, I would probably be like a genius. <laughs> That's right. But, um, I think you are a genius. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But, um, I think it's just really important to work hard and just remember that I don't really know. <laughs> well, I mean, is, would you say, is there anything about, Hey, don't get discouraged or, I mean, you're here, you're saying work hard, well, but I don't want it to sound cheesy. Right. Like work hard is just like, well, yeah, I'm working hard. Nothing's <laughs> yeah. happening. Right. But <laughs> I, I almost feel from my point of view, having having been on that journey with you is, is it to not give up hope? Hope, everyone, you know, there's that saying hope isn't a great strategy and it definitely was about the commitment and the hard work for you. Yeah. The challenge of dyslexia gives you a very different perspective, right? You and mommy both have it and you're both amazingly talented artists. Would you say there's a way to celebrate that gift? Well, or I like to think of it as a superpower because yeah. like you said, I just, I see 
stuff much differently than other people would and everyone sees stuff differently so everyone has a superpower but especially with my dyslexia and dyscalculia I really I consider it a superpower because without it I might not be as talented as I am yeah You'd just be, you'd be like Uncle Nidnots. Yeah. You'd just be- So boring. So boring. Just beige. <laughs> so beige. <laughs> uh, Imagination Movers, this is a shout out. That's, uh, we went retro the other day, right? Because uh, that's a show on Disney. I've watched the whole first episode. You did again? I'm moving. This no, the th- whole first season. The whole first season. I'm going to watch the second one this tonight, is, probably. It's probably a sign of our, our, our mental degradation that we're, we're slowly degrading here and that we went to comfort. Uh, it teaches com- comfort. you basic life skills. So that's good. We're big fans of Warehouse Mouse. We just, uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the and the movers. Well, thank you for sharing all of that about your your artistry and your and your superpowers mm-hmm. and your frustrations at the top of the conversation here with with what we're all dealing with and we all feel so frustrated with. Do you think that your artistry, because it's broad, it's music, it's it's painting, it's writing? Your we didn't even talk about that, but um, your story writing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that your art is negatively or positively impacted by the challenges of the many, many challenges that we're, that we're going through, that you're going through right now? Or does the time here at home become just crushing and, and stifle the artistry or does it inspire it? Do you find some relief and release through it? Anything to any of that? I think that it positively impacts my you artistry do. because the best and most meaningful art can come or does usually come from pain or suffering. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in pain or suffering, but it does suck staying at home in COVID and all of that. And it, it really is, it does make you feel really down at times. And I think it just inspires me even more and writing and reading and drawing and painting and singing and all of that is just a good way to escape. And maybe imagine a better time or just make light of the time that we're in. And it's just a good way to express yourself. Like a fine wine, like great grapes coming from struggle. Is that, yeah. that's, your, that's your story and you're sticking to it? Until I, your next meltdown, you're like, I can't take this anymore. Just, that goes. You sounded like Stitch. Was that, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I didn't teach that. That didn't sound that like That wasn't Stitch. Like Stitch. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I think it's really important to struggle, even though that might sound kind of dark. Mm. Like, yes, no, you must struggle. You'll find, <laughs> you'll find a lot of artists but that agree with you. I think that it's very important to struggle and go through difficult times. But through that, you become a better person and you learn new things that you might not have known if you hadn't gone through that struggle. And you'll maybe learn new things. I think I already said that. But, yeah. But um, do you, but I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm, once again, I'm thinking, hmm, I've got recorded evidence now to bring back to you at a later date when you're freaking out and say, hey, listen to how philosophical you are about struggle as you just smash whatever it is that's in front of you. And you're not I'm, physically, I'm, you're not violent like that. I'm painting a horrible <laughs> picture of you. I'm not <laughs> violent. It's completely, <laughs> completely uncool. No, uh, but I, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm saying this, like, it's good to struggle and stuff like 
that, but I'm not saying this to be like, yeah, you have to be chill all the time. You have to, you have to be, you know, super wise about everything and whatever. And it's okay to have freakouts sometimes and it's okay to have mental breakdowns. It's just a part of you going through <laughs> something and you getting it out, whether you're getting it out through your art or I don't know. It's just, it's just good to express yourself. Right. Because if you keep it all in, that's definitely not healthy. Kaboom. Ka- yeah, kaboom. 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 <laughs> Wisdom beyond her 13 years, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it from an extraordinary young woman, my daughter, Kayla Sienna Haber, the other half to an incredible set of twins. And and her and her brother Dylan, I'll say, are, are like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger in twins. They look... Of course, nothing alike. Kaylee is is significantly taller right now. Uh, or Dipper and Mabel from Gravity Dipper Falls. Dipper and Mabel, right. They're your favorite twins right now, yeah. right? That's right. We shout love out, Gravity shout Falls. Shout out to Gravity Falls. What'd you guys do last night after your brawl? Awkward twin hug? What was <laughs> awkward it? Awkward sibling hug? <laughs> pat, pat. There it is. So for all you awkward siblings out there, you totally get that. Well, thank you, baby, for, uh, for sharing this today. This is all new, what we're doing. Only our, I think, second episode. What do I mean? I think. I know. I know it's only our second episode, but it was really cool to just sit and do this off the cuff with you. And and thanks for sharing. And I love you. And just keep letting that creativity flow. It is truly an amazing gift. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll see you back here again soon, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Kayla. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we're out. that brings our second episode of No Bit of Roses to a conclusion. We're glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll come back and join us again. Look for No Bit of Roses wherever fine podcasts are available. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.